0: Hello and welcome to the We Are Birmingham podcast. I'm Chris Golding. And I'm Matthew Elliott. Later on we'll be joined by special guest Daniel Ivory, who's coming on to talk about the EFL situation and the hearing and so on. But before that, a new look formation for Blues at the weekend and it seemed to work well with a 2-0 win over Forest.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've been, I mean, I've, you know, I've said to you a few times, I've been keen to see us trying something different and I'm, I'm glad he, although it was merely just a, a tweet to the 4 felt like it uh, of oh, we won it worked hotter was on the ball a lot more created a bit more um captain in his element by by a look to it playing at the uh, at the base of the diamond but really really good
0: so, going to uh going to the the first point that you made about Hutter, I think the the number ten role really suits him a lot more than being out wide I think sometimes he just looks a bit wasted out wide when he cuts inside he hasn't got the doesn't seem to have the power in the shots um or maybe it's the confidence that he's lacking. Um and that number 10 role on on Saturday he really seemed to come out of his shell. Um uh, yeah. suited him a lot.
1: I mean he, he he got on the ball a lot more. I think the difference is when he plays with when he was playing in a 442 with us he's, he's as you say he can be quite weighted out on the wing. When he was playing with Brentford he, if he didn't play as a number 10 he played sort of as a wide forward so more than a, in a front three. So again, saw a bit more the ball and was a little bit more compact. Um, probably didn't have to do as much work either as he does off the ball uh, with lose. But certainly looked like he was, say uh, he enjoyed himself a bit more inside and obviously scored a fantastic goal as well, which was uh, yeah, re- really, really impressive. You'd want someone like him to, to be scoring more goals, really. Uh, a person of his quality should be... Scoring more, and um, what have we had from the season two, three is yeah, it? I he's can't not, a not
0: contribute to that um, no. in terms of goals. And th- there's been a few times where he, you just look at him, um, and like, like I said earlier on, he's finishing. He just seems very tame. He strikes the ball very tame. Um, he had a yeah. he had a shot on Saturday where he absolutely leathered it, and I mean it went a couple of yards over, I think. But it's. The hardest that I've actually seen him strike a ball, I think. Um, and when you've got the, this guy who's supposed to be contributing gold to the team, and he can't seem to hit a ball harder than a ten-year-old, it's what's going on there. There is. A, I,
1: it's, it's one of my frustrations with him sometimes when he has that sort of powder puff shot from the edge of the box. It's almost like just rolls into the keeper's hands. Uh, yeah. On target, but <laughs> to keep his hand. So yeah, it was a, it was good to see him score, a bit probably from a nicer range, him being sort of six or seven yards out. I suppose it yeah, well, they, worked, they, they worked it
0: in as well, didn't they? So yeah, yeah. Um, and then going on to the other point, you bought Beld.
1: Yeah, uh, really impressive. I know a lot has been made around the, the the tackle made in sort of the uh, in in the final third where he, he won the ball with a brutal but clean challenge. Yeah. But the thing that impressed me most was his pass completion. Um he used the ball really well. I mean, I think I checked stats earlier on, he was about 80 80.1% 80. pass completion, which for him I thought was was really high, but actually looking at his stats across the seasons, he's actually uh, uh the highest second highest player with a past completion of
0: like 76%. I was going to say he has definitely came out of his shell a lot more this season in terms of the work that he's doing on the ball as well as off the ball. Yeah. Um I think that must be something that they've worked with him over the close season um coming into pre-season um because he he's he looks a lot calmer on the ball um and he seems to well as the stats obviously uh, tie up with as well that he he finds his man a lot more yeah, uh, he, they've they've done a lot of work with him. I think.
1: Yeah, it, it it certainly looks that way. I mean, you hear you you hear and you read a lot of things around sort of on social media. Sometimes fans taking the mic uh, out of him due to like not being able to make a five yard pass. But you look at the stats, and only Jacks Magoma has a higher pass completion uh, this season in our team. So they've obviously worked very hard with him. We know he can win the ball pretty much anywhere on the pitch. He's got energy. He can get up and down uh, the pitch quite easily. That the passing/water side of his game need to be worked on. And clearly, whatever they're doing with him in training is making a real difference because it has. He, look, he looks much improved. He, he really does look much improved. Dutch
0: Mike, more than just a tackle. Yes,
1: yeah, more than more than just a tackle. More than, <laughs> than just an excited schoolboy, as I used to used to call him, running running around the pitch. But no, but really, really. Um, yeah, he's. I'm actually quite thankful we never, we never sold him. at the time, I wasn't too fussy. He would would have gone to Derby, but especially um,
0: with Davis um, being out for a majority of this season exactly, as well, yeah. it's it we'd have been a, a bit stuck. I think. Yeah. Well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dutch Mike has uh, benefited from that uh, supposed tackling training. So. <laughs>
0: spoke to Davis last week. And I asked him the question, and he said it wasn't uh, a tackle from Kift and Bell that, uh, it wasn't. that did it. He, no, he just said he he, um, he landed awkwardly. Uh, okay. And to be fair, it After wasn't a tackle
1: from Captain Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if we were just if we were joking about that or if uh, if, if that's what I think, we heard. I, I remember I speaking to you about somewhere. it. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think it was online somewhere that that it was, but obviously not. So the the other thing that um I wanted to talk about from Forest on Saturday was you text me uh, because you weren't at the game you were watching it um you texted me it said about Vassell lost a bit of his pace or it seemed it may, it seemed that way now to me at the game he looked like he was getting his sharpness back he mm. didn't look like he lost a lot of pace and the the turn for the penalty um, just just prior to the penalty was. Right, that that to me was showing that he was he's nearly there in terms of his sharpness. Um,
1: oh yeah, I mean, I think I think it was it's quite ironic that it was literally about five minutes after I said that to you, and he uh, and and he did that. But I mean, I was I was reading the other day um, about that the recovery time from from an injury like that. Actually, yes, you can get back to a, fi- a level of fitness, but it can take maybe six months before you get back to where you were. Previously as well, so but yeah, certainly that one move before just before the penalty, the handball on the line. I mean, I think he was fouled actually. I think we should they should have given a penalty for for that. Uh, whether or not the referee was playing on, I don't know. But I mean,
0: well, that that leads on it. to something that we were and we had down to talk about was we spoke about referees last week, and the referee on Saturday was I don't know whether he was much improved um, from other referees that we've had this season. Or whether we've set such a low standard now that he seemed good. Yes, he
1: seemed like a good, yeah. A good
0: referee, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, there's been a few topics on message boards that that have spoken about the referee. And people seem to say, the ref had a good game. But do you remember this one? Do you remember that one? Do you remember that one? Do you remember the this things one? things keep popping yeah, up. Yeah, and, and there were yeah. situations where the ref... Didn't make the right call, and there was quite a few of them.
1: He did. He did seem better. I think he did seem better at a general consensus. But I mean, as you say, two or three things pop up. The the penalty decision was a bit of a strange one because I think, the, as you say, the foul on Fasel was a definite penalty anyway, and he didn't give
0: anything for that. Was he playing on? I don't know. I'm just wondering whether he was seeing whether we had an advantage um, because the ball did go straight to Shea. He struck yep. it. And then it was stopped on the line. And then yeah. I was wondering whether he was looking at his watch to see whether it had crossed the line. Um, yeah. I haven't actually seen him on the replay as to whether that was what happened. Um, I know that he did, did seem to take an awful long time to, do, to uh, call it. And then the thing that pissed me off after that was that he made Shay wait until the player had gone all of the way down the tunnel. Had a nice, leisurely stroll all the way across the pitch yeah. and down the tunnel. Well, that um, delay it was just almost, seemed to go on forever. It, yeah, just I think it was probably about two or three minutes before he actually got to take the penalty. And it was just, you, you're actually punishing us now. Because yeah. the player who's waiting to take this penalty, they've got to wait and the tension and it all builds up. Um, and as it, when you want to take a penalty, you just want to get up and take it. You know what you want to do. Yeah. You want to take it. And then waiting around, it's no good. Um, so again, that was another thing. But then, I think overall the ref did do better. Mm. But <laughs> you know, is it is it these that we're so used to shit referees that we're now just seeing any any little improvements of referees that we're taking that as? Oh, he was a decent ref, wasn't he?
1: Always <laughs> <laughs> a slight slight improvement. Oh, yeah. it is I mean, just uh, on on stay on that same subject just for a moment. But I watched the. Um, Liverpool West Ham game on Monday night, and there was a couple of horrendous offsides from the uh, uh, linesmen, uh, assistant referees. Just like it's, it's unbelievable how it's sometimes that these guys aren't keeping up the play or just missing things that are blatantly, blatantly obvious. So it's not just us in the Championship; it just seems yeah. to be. A,
0: I I did see um a photo actually on Twitter from that game when the linesman was five yards ahead of play um, and it had some, someone had froze it there. And I think that, I, I haven't actually seen, I don't think I've seen the goals, um, but someone had, had posted this picture and it's like, how is the linesman supposed to make the correct call on this when he's not even in line with play? Yeah, Just it's so poor
1: he was um i think it was the first the, the the one they they scored from and not the one they nearly scored from at the end it was he was ball watching you rather than watching sort of uh watching the line he was paying more attention to what they were doing with the ball and not where like the last man was or it was a bit of a it was a bit of a strange one uh, i'm sure he'll have a, he'll have probably get relegated to the championship yeah uh, we'll, next up, we'll week, have him. Week. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> him so um i suppose yeah. you mentioned Obviously, the long wait for the penalty. But kudos to to Adams, finishing calmly, nicely, and then obviously that built-up pressure. Yeah, put it all into that one hell of a celebration.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it was it was nice to. I don't know whether he was saying I'm still here or I want I'm to staying be here. Or, yeah. yeah. I'm, well, he, he's definitely staying at least until the summer. Yeah, so. losing season. I mean, yeah, we had
1: um, someone. Dalmar, Ragnarsson, um, Blue Nose, the famous Icelandic Blue Nose on Twitter, as most people will know him. He asked a question around what we thought of his celebration and if, and if it sort of correlated with his future.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure whether I'm not I'm not sure whether he's uh, whether he was saying I'm staying long term. I think it, it was probably more of a. I'm still here, don't don't yeah. worry, I'm still here for now, I'm here,
1: I mean, you spoke to him didn't you adams a couple yeah. of day a couple of days before that I think, and he said
0: something fairly similar to you, did he not yeah well he's he i think he's came out in the press and had an interview with people now as well, and said pretty much the same thing, but um he said that there's no he's in no rush to make it to the Premier League um yeah. he'd somewhere that he wants to play because who wouldn't um he's but he's a young guy. Still learning his game, he's come yeah. on leaps and bounds this season, uh, but yeah, he's he's happy in Birmingham, he's happy at Blues, and he's in no rush. So, it's basically the gist that that I got from yeah. him.
1: Follow on for that, we had a a, a tweet actually that you uh, replied to to Dalmar from David Deakin. I think he works with BBC radio of some description potentially or um he then sort of followed it up with how does the celebration differ to when Fabrice Mwamba did did the same um and it was it's actually it was, it's actually quite a good point I think there is a there is a difference because we were being relegated I think at, at that point when Fabrice was when Fabrice celebrated and it was selling him was more out of probably a necessity to yeah. get players off the wage bill. Now I know we've got the issue with profit and sustainability or FFP if you like with with the football league at the moment, but technically our owners don't need to sell any players to keep the, the company or to keep the keep lose afloat. Obviously yeah. we're not in the great financial state, but we don't need to sell um, of course, it's depending if you what, what you're reading. In certain certain newspapers, they they're telling people that we do need to sell, but it, uh, take that with a pinch of salt. So I think there is a difference there. Um, as you said, Shade so he's in no rush to to move, and and I don't think Blues want to sell. And so there's a difference between having to and wanting to and not wanting to sell. So that that's the that's the plain difference, the clear difference for me it's between. Muamba celebration all those years ago. Was it against Blackburn? He scored that. Scored yeah, that goal. last
0: day of the season, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, um, and and Shay celebration on, on on Saturday.
0: Yeah, um, Shay sixteen goals now for the season. Can he get the twenty? Yep. Eh? Well, do. should do, yeah, shouldn't and he, he should <laughs> do. I mean,
1: it, at the current rate he's going at, uh, he's probably on track to to get twenty five. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if if he breaks that 20-goal barrier, I mean, that's that's impressive enough. I mean, in August, September, when we watched him at, um, against Doncaster at Solihull, would, would you honestly have thought he was going to score 16-plus goals this season? Honestly, no. No, I I I couldn't see it. But he's, uh, as Guy Monk said, the penny dropped with him at some point early season. And he's just looked an absolute star. Is
0: That to to me though, Gary Monk turning around and saying that in the interview that he did the other week. Clearly Gary Monk was obviously of the same mindset that he would have believed at the start of the season that Shea wouldn't reach 20 goals. So I don't think that was, anyone that was looking at him and thinking that, I don't think that they were wrong for thinking that. But I think that's credit to Shea for the work that he's put in Um, and to the coaching staff as well. Because I think Beatty's probably had a lot to do with that too. Um, And he's put a lot of work in, and it's turned him into this player who's a 20 goal striker and potential yeah. 20 million pound striker.
1: I mean, and, and don't forget the, the influence that Djukovic has had with him as well. I mean, for them oh, yeah, between them to have 26 goals and 13 assists between them, obviously 16 and 3 for Shea and uh, 10 and 10, well, for and so much that so right?
0: that even Bogle couldn't get a game, yeah, buggered off. <laughs> off and scored
1: it. two and two for Portsmouth. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, it's levels, isn't it? I suppose. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really. I mean, they have got to be those two. The uh, probably the best strike force in the championship at this point in time. The best oh, yeah, strike Euro I haven't looked
0: at the tables, but what have they got? Twenty six between them.
1: Uh, Twenty six between them and thirteen assists between them. So, yeah. it's, working uh, well together. <laughs> Oh, absolutely! It's, it's the old, it's the old big man, little man thing, isn't it? But I mean, they both work hard. They both they both run the channels. They can both hold the ball up and bring other players into into play. It's it, they're they're really really impressive pairing. And yeah. now now we've got Vassell to add to the Vix as well, who offers something a little bit different. So it's going to be quite quite interesting to see how things develop.
2: for you But you're a counterfeiter You are a gun with no trigger No actions from your words Though your reds got bigger Cause you're a counterfeiter When you whisper a shiver I wish that you could see with the ones that shimmer
0: in a local band and want to hear your music on this podcast, please email podcast at wearebirmingham.co.uk So we've had a lot of requests to talk about the EFL situation with the hearing ever closer um, and I'm pleased to say that we're joined by Daniel Ivory now. So what can you tell us? Um,
3: The sad thing is there's not a lot to tell uh, because the EFL keeps these things a secret. I can't tell you when the hearing is going to be. I can't tell you who's going to be representing who. I don't think even the EFL knows what the outcome is going to be at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I, I can tell you I can tell you how we got here, and I can tell you what I think is going to happen, but I have no idea for sure. and I don't think I mean, anyone else who says they does um, are lying to themselves.
0: Okay, well, we've had a, a message from cam on twitter who said should we fear the worst when it comes to point deduction
3: so maybe that's a good place to start okay um depends what you mean by fearing the worst i guess there was was a rumor
0: 21 points was it that they yeah they suggested
3: as the, the maximum deduction so there was a rumor during the rounds around the london press yesterday 20 points but i'll be honest with you i don't believe it um basically because if that sort of thing happened you can imagine the unholy hell of legal, through um, fraud that um, Blues would uh, r- unleash against the EFL. Um and I, I just can't see it. You know, the, the people have this idea of the EFL as like uh, being some rich, powerful organisation. There's six blokes in an office in Preston. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't, I, I can't stress that enough. It's six blokes in an office in Preston, um, and you look at it, and you okay, so. I think we're going. To, I think we will be deducting points. I think it would be something like three or six. Right now, is three or six points deducted going to hurt us that badly? I don't think so. not. Not not massively. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I, I think when,
0: when you get sort of fifteen up to fifteen points, then it starts dropping you down the other end of the table, and you might be in an issue if you can't get some more points on the board. Um, but I, th- I don't think three or
3: six. I, I, I think you've got to look at the um, the whole thing psychologically as well in that if Blues got deducted six points, it's going to galvanize. You know, the fans are already shouting uh, obscene things at the EFL. What's your...
0: you, you can you can swear on this. It's an explicit podcast. Oh,
3: right. <laughs> so, so the fans are shouting, fuck the EFL, fair enough. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. if we get deducted six points, that's not going to stop. We played Preston away, by the way, 16th of March. Imagine how tasty that game is going to be if we get deducted points. Yeah. Just, just a thought, just a thought. Secondly, the team are playing with such togetherness, such fighting spirit, that it's just going to galvanise them further. It's going to be a case of fuck them all, we'll do it ourselves. Third point was what I made on my blog this week. Imagine, I just want you to imagine, if we got deducted six points and we still finished above them up from across the expressway, can you imagine the levels of boiled piss? It would be... Yeah, I don't don't think they'd be too happy, would they? (laughs) It would be incredible. It would be amazing. So, um, to be honest with you... If they deduct points, let's take it. Because all it means is is that when other teams fail at the end of this season, they've got that direct hanging over them. And if the league can't do anything about it, they'll have to do it again. So, you know, let's do it.
0: Well, that, that brings us on nicely to the next uh, question from Jack Collier on Twitter. He said, how many other clubs could be in trouble like we were this season? This season if there is, which seems likely... Are they going to be in the same issue as us in regards
3: to embargoes, hearings, point deductions, threats, etc.? Well, you've got to understand that this is the end of a long process. So the start of FFPs around the end of March. Teams have to uh, submit a forecast for this season and their results of the last two. So this is what happened at the end of last season. Obviously, Blues, when they submitted this, they knew they were in trouble. But then again, I think 15 clubs were in trouble and so the EFL know they've got to do something. And the EFL don't actually want to punish people. They want to be seen to be doing the right thing. But the rules are that obfuscatory and full of backdoors and whatever. It's deliberate. They don't they, they only want to be seen to be doing the right thing. They're not a regulatory body, they're a members of the association. So May rolls around and they're, you know, they're, they're talking to other clubs, like you're a couple of million over, what are you going to do about it? Derby, for instance, did some accountancy trickery, took their staff. Uh, the pay uh the behind the scenes staff out of one company, put them into another, that helped them out. All kinds of other little tricks, you know, little accountancy tricks where the UFL can go, yep, yeah, you're okay, yep, yeah, you're okay. And in the process of doing this, so this is where the word embargo is a problem. While that was going on, 15 teams were under what basically a soft embargo. Now, we'll call it transfer restrictions. It's it's simpler to understand. Basically, what the EFL will have said to these clubs is look. You know, once we sort this out, you know, don't go, don't do anything stupid. You know, just, just got, chill your beans, get it sorted, and then you can go and spend all the money you want. Okay, and yeah, that's the sort of thing that happens. And clubs collaborate with the EFL, get themselves back in order. So, uh, first of July rolls around, only four teams are in trouble. Um, there being QPR, who had historical issues, the mob across the expressway, who were going bust, Sheffield Wednesday, and us. Now, I'm going to focus on us because what we did in that period between May and July was basically stick our fingers in our ears and go, la, 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 we're not listening. <laughs> and then and then to compound the problem, we signed a player we really shouldn't have done. And it just infuriated the EFL. So went And they basically went, okay, you know, embargo time. Like You cannot sign a player now until you've sorted this out. You cannot sign anyone. And that kind of ruffled a few feathers and... Some absolute nugget happened to mention on on, uh, on their blog that uh, we were embargoed and that Pederson wasn't signed. And
0: yeah, yeah who, who, who is that then? I can't um, need a
3: slap. Yeah, that would be me. Um, I, in <laughs> Some my, guy called Amway, yeah? Would you? Was it? Uh, in my defence, I was one hundred percent right, and the only people who weren't aware of the situation were the fans, and that's yeah. not right. All this rolls around the football league. Kind of say, well, okay, you can sign five players. on like nothing. I'm like ten grand a week, all in. Um, I wish
0: I, I wish I had that nothing, mate.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, same here. But like, five, yeah, for okay. for
0: footballers, I know what you. I know for footballers, and, it's
3: nothing. And by the way, we're going to have a disciplinary panel. We're going to throw a book at you. So while we're into this season, so next month, every team is going to have to submit their figures again. This includes Blues now. Blues because they're under a disciplinary this year. Only are going to be assessed under this year's figures. Yeah. And and it's for a good reason, really. So we can't be done for the mistakes of the past twice. We can only yeah. be done for this year's fuck-ups. The problem we've got is we're gonna fail again this year if we're not careful. And you can imagine that's not gonna go down well with the FL. So when uh Matt Hughes of the uh the Times wrote the story, Blue's in trouble for not selling Chay Allen's, that's not strictly true. What happened was the EFL told Blues, look, you're going to have to raise some money, so you're okay, so you're over the, you know, you're within limits. You're going to have to raise in excess of seven million quid, and they didn't tell us how we had to do it, you know, so either bringing sponsorship, sell players, whatever, but that we had to do it. Blues, yep. Blues didn't do it, and people say, oh, you know, we, you know, we didn't have to sell Chad. Well, no, we didn't. We got six and a half million bid for Lukas Yukovic, We could have taken that. We didn't. We chose not to. You know. So yeah, it, it seems been some roundabouts, isn't it? And now we've got to—I think we've got to say to the league something along the lines of, "Well, Chancellor window starts May seventh. We've got until June thirtieth to raise the money. Don't, um, don't go off on one just yet." The only problem, as I see it, is if someone uh, at the board has done something stupid like before the transfer window said to uh, the AFL, "Oh yeah, we'll sell Chad and we'll be, we'll be okay." Yeah. Does
0: does that kind of Message though, if that has been said, do you think that, that comes with a can the EFL say well you said that you're selling but you haven't had an offer of the valuation for him? Fair uh, market value. Yeah,
3: I, I think I think if that has been said, then what the board have gotta do, they've gotta to go to the EFL with with the proof and say, Look, um, These so are the bids. These are the bids we got, this is how much we would have needed to have met it. If they did not meet it, we you know we can sell him in the summer he'll be just as valuable if not more valuable in the summer. We figured it'd be better to hang on to him now and get the money and fulfill the whole thing in the summer and sell him tank a bit and still fail yeah
0: well we we touched on this last week and it was deadline day and it was uh Willie wonsey when I was talking to Matthew last week, and we sort of said then it it's like with that Burnley bid that comes in now if that's 6 million up front and the rest in add-ons is that even going to help us with the FFP thing anyway? Um I mean it it'll put a little chunk towards it, but if it doesn't cover the the money that needs raising anyway, does it really help us massively? Um ideally if you want a, if you're getting a bid coming in for a player, then you want sort of 15 million pounds to go into the club so that you can go look, there you go, 15 million pounds, we we've cleared our Cleared
3: what we said we would.
1: You want double figures up front, don't you, if yeah. you're going to be moving on one of your key assets?
3: I, I've got to be honest with you. I, I actually agree. Uh, you know, I don't think the board did anything wrong. And people might think, oh, you know, I'm correct. You know, they unlikely to sell but not at all. I, I said um, in the days before the window uh, closed myself, I sent out a transfer uh, email and I said, I figured out to $14.5 million they needed minimum. And if we're not going to get that, then I'd be like, yeah, no dice. Sorry. Yeah. And the, yeah. All, 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 all that you're doing, then you're still fighting an uphill battle, but with less, without your key asset in the side. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you yeah, know, it's one of the things, isn't it? Um, with regards to the punishment
1: that we are, that we are likely to get in the in the coming weeks, would you say it's more to do with the behaviour and the conduct of the club signing Pedersen Pushing for his registration rather than the actual initial breach. Yeah, I would. Does that make sense? No,
3: I, yeah. I, I completely agree. I think um, football's very political. Um, uh, you look, you look at the way owners treat each other, the way clubs run. Football is very, very political. You've got to be playing the game, sticking your fingers in your ears and saying, "La la la, I'm not listening." He's not playing the game. Um, going to the uh, going to the AFL with a business plan that's not going to work. And saying, yeah, we're okay, we're going to do this, is he's not, he's not playing the game. Signing Pedersen was pretty, pretty ballsy. Um, trying to sign Domagoy Vida was even ballsier. Thank God that one never came off. Uh, <laughs> you know, there, was this story, there was a story on Twitter, wasn't there? Blues, tried, Blues bid 12 million for Domagoy Vida. And yeah. everyone's like, bollocks, we were, we were embargoed? No, no, it actually happened. Thank God. I said, now it's worth 24. Um, there was another player apparently that Blues actually tried to get a medical together for and um, the senior management team of the time apparently went, nah, we're not doing it twice. So I can't uh, I don't. I don't recall any of that. Is that something that's not came out? It's something that's not came out. <laughs> I don't know who the player is. Um, I've got a vague idea, but I'm not going to say because I don't know. All, all I know is is that Blues were going to try it again. And was it a
1: goalkeeper? Uh,
3: no. No, okay. okay. I think it was. I don't think it was. So moving on, there was one last
0: question um, that, we've got, that we've picked out to ask you. Um, and that was from Luke on Twitter. Um, and he said, Once our hearing has been conducted and any, any punishment has been thrown at us, are we then clear and able to sign players as other clubs are without restriction? That totally depends on what the EFL say. Yeah. Totally I, I, I assumed that that was going to be the answer to it, but I thought I, we'd put it I, to you anyway. I
3: don't know. I don't know. Um, it might well, be. The fact that
1: we're likely to fail again is yeah. going to be a bit of an issue there as well, isn't it? It's got to play a factor, you, you would think.
3: I, th- I think we're going to end up having to sell someone in the summer before we can bring anyone in. And, yeah. you know, it sucks, but this is football.
0: I guess the gist of that that question is if we get uh, a fine, a deduction of, say, six points and then go into the summer and we make a sale, so, say, Che moves on. Excuse me. Che moves on for 15 million. We get ourselves with our head back above water. Should we then... I suppose it's because there's no... There's no previous on these new rules, but should we then be able to move on and say right we're back above water we're going to go out and we can sign people again or? I,
3: I would say yes we would be able to but the caveat would be we've got to be careful so we don't fail yet again yeah so you know it's like I, I th- I, one thing I hope people have realised from this summer and from this winter signing players for a lot of money actually sometimes isn't necessary you know okay. yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Can, can we move on There's to... There's a it? lot of big wages on those books.
3: Yeah, can we move on to a situation where instead of like going out and spending uh, five million on Mark Roberts to sit on the bench, uh, go out and spending 35 grand to, uh, on David Stockdale for his missus to argue with uh on Twitter, <laughs> if he has to, <laughs> um, to, to be
0: To be fair, to stick up for him slightly, he does get a lot of shit on Twitter.
3: He does, he does, but it wasn't about him getting shit tonight. Um, so, what, Michael Morrison visited uh, some kid who had a cardiac arrest, and Doc o did too, but BCFC only mentioned that Michael Morrison did. Uh, Michael Morrison did. Um, okay. Which was a bit shady, really, and uh, his missus was a bit miffed about it. Um, that is that is poor, in, in, in my view. It is poor. Really poor. But this is the situation we're in. We shouldn't be in that situation, you know? Um, yeah. And... All credit to staff though, because um, recently he's he's done everything he can to uh, to show that you know he's not a complete dick. He's been doing you know a lot of good things. so fair play to him. Um, I think I think he has got questions to answer. Maybe not about his pay packet. Huh? And I admit I'm it's a bit ironic me saying this sort of thing. But yeah, there the, the were rumors that he was a touch overweight, <laughs> and that might not- might have something to do with it
0: my issue with people suggesting on the, the wages now keeping fit and whatever aside, if you sign a contract and this goes back to the Ziggitch thing as well, if you sign, if you're offered a contract, you sign a contract, you get paid. Now, as long as you're not in breach of anything in that contract, you're not doing anything wrong. I now, absolutely, pe- absolutely agree. People will say you're a footballer. You should be keeping fit. Now, maybe he should be but as long as that's not in the contract that about his weight or whatever they can do what they want with him when he's at training and then that's his side of it if he's not playing anyway does it really matter?
3: Uh, the, trouble, the trouble was is that his weight was a problem while he was playing Yeah it was but then
0: that's something for the coaching staff to then pick up on and maybe that's what's happened and that's why he's not in the in the team. Maybe that's why Monk doesn't favour him. Who knows? There
1: was all sorts of other rumours as well, wasn't there, towards, uh, throughout last season as well. So
3: He won't be the first Blues player to have been dropped for being overweight. Not even the first Blues player recently to be dropped for being overweight. Paul Caddis. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I remember Simon Chilton used to play left back um, and he used to drive around with a pack of bonbons in his car. Cause he just constantly used to eat sweets and the others used to he tempt him for you it.
4: into his car. Yeah. No, he didn't.
0: <laughs> but yeah, is there is there anything else that you you'd like to add Dan? Is there anything going forward that you'd uh, that you think people people should know
3: um, not really uh, I think I think there's a lot of bedwetting about the whole EFL thing yes it's a horrible situation Blues are in but it's one of their own doing not not the fans own doing but the board's own doing there there is a lot of this that could have been preventable and while i completely agree the EFL have not been uh, not been that great about it in fact they've been dicks in some ways and the whole secrecy around it is complete bollocks. But, you know, sometimes you've got to take your lumps, you know, you've got to accept that that the, the board have done something wrong. We've got to take our punishment and move on. We're lucky at yeah. a situation we've got a manager where it's not really going to make that much of a difference. And hopefully we can learn from this and we can go, okay. And if the rules are enforced, hopefully that means other teams will also get bollocks. And that'll be for our benefit in the future.
1: Yeah. I think the key here for me is that if, there needs to be a level of consistency with how they're going to start handing out these punishments to, to teams that, that fail. OK, we're slightly different because of the Pedersen situation and our conduct throughout the period. But it, it it's really key for me that they have a little bit of consistency in this. And if they do, as you say, give us a bollock and give us a point deduction, that it's clearly defined what they've punished us for. So then when people like potentially Bolton or or, or Villa or Sheffield Wednesday, whoever else is in trouble, that when it's their turn, that they are given a a fair punishment as well in line with how how we've been punished. They're going to set a bit of a precedent with, with us, I think. So they need to be probably... They need to make sure they punish us properly, but also need to be a little bit careful because otherwise they'll be handing out point deductions all over the place.
3: Absolutely, and if you really, really feel that bad about it, instead of whining your mouth off on Twitter, you play Preston away 16th of March. It's a Saturday. If you want to protest, then it's the perfect time. But if you're going to protest, do it for the right reasons. You know, don't yeah. just shout "fuck the AFL." Do it because they're they're keeping secrets. Do it because um, they, you know, they're, they're, they've not kept, they've not, they're not doing things for the sake of the fans. They're doing things for the sake of their own asses. Do it for the yeah. right reasons. You know and do it properly yeah don't be a dick basically yeah
1: transparency yeah. We need a bit of transparency in in this process thanks for coming on daniel we we really appreciate it is there um do you have any Twitter and facebook uh, accounts that people can follow and read your latest musings on the, on the blue situation
3: um yeah you can catch me on twitter uh, al uh, facebook almaer dot net uh, website almajier dot net strangely enough. Yeah, nice and easy. um, But I'm lost in the labyrinth. Please don't follow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dan, thanks for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you.
3: Cheers.
4: Possibilities, I look like all of me. One kiss is all it takes. Falling in love with me. Possibilities, I look like all me.
0: So then moving ahead, we've got QPR on Saturday away and then Bolton on Tuesday night. So first QPR, um, they beat Portsmouth on Tuesday night in the FA Cup replay. Yep. Um, in the league, though, faring much worse off. I don't think they've won in five league games. I think they've won. Uh, lost, sorry, lost three of the last five. They've
1: I definitely think. lost the last three, yeah. Um, Wigan... Preston, Sheffield United lost those. They drew against uh, drew against the Villa. Uh, yeah, not in the greatest of form. Obviously, say they won uh, against Portsmouth in, in the FA Cup. Put out a full team for that, which you know, m- hopefully works in our favour, could work in our favour. Yeah, but poten- our record, Potentially uh, is, is for a,
0: potentially putting out a strong team so they can boost a bit of morale, get a, get a win on the board, and uh,
1: yeah, cheer yeah, and, and that. In, that it, it, it does make a difference. Our record there isn't great. Uh, the, the last time we won there was 2006. Uh, Cameron Jerome and Matthew Upson scored 13 um, years ago. Was, yeah, I think that was actually Matthew Upson's last goal for us before he, well, actually, last game before he went to West Ham. I think he signed for West Ham just a a few days later. So that was Boxing Day. I think he signed for West Ham in the early in the January window. So well certainly in January. Um so I think that was his last game for us. So yeah, thirteen years ago. That's the last time last time we won there. Um
0: So looking yeah. look looking forward to the game, um do you see us going four, three, one, two again, playing that the same system?
1: Um I wouldn't be surprised to see us go four four two to start with away from home, where the onus isn't necessarily on us to to put the pressure on on QPR. I think we maybe sit back, play our own game, and try and hit them on the counter at the beginning. The good thing is that now we're starting to see a difference in formation. That. Uh, he may be willing to change that sort of halfway through and we don't need to worry about making substitutions. We can do it with the same
0: personnel. Yeah. So The, the players that he's got on the pitch, you can just move them around and they can play that system. So
1: Exactly. Yeah. So
0: and I think wild. as the
1: season goes on, we
0: might see that happen a little bit more often. That's
1: probably a topic for, for another day. But um, how do you, how do you see it going? I mean, I'm, I'm, I love going down to QPR. I'm going down on on Saturday. I go, go every year, Got friends who are, qpr supporters so we meet up with them beforehand as well it's it's normally a really good day down there whatever happens but i never go down there with confidence because it's been such a long time since we actually got anything there you can't Um, follow
0: blues with confidence though (laughs) (laughs) also also a very good
1: point well made um yeah i mean how, how do you how do you see it going
0: i've got a feeling that because we haven't been in great form but when we tend to come off the back of a couple of defeats or off a defeat. we tend to then go on a on a sneaky little run, putting a few wins together um we we don't tend to be an up and down side as it this this I don't think we have this season have we? I'm not reading that wrong I think when we've won games we've tended to string a few together yeah so I could see us going on another little run now um we've got a few winnable games. I think QPR not in great form. We can, we can beat them. Then Bolton on Tuesday, yeah. winnable again. That's three wins on the bounce if you can put them all together. So
1: Yeah, we owe Bolton one as well. Yeah, really definitely. after that that first game to be perfect. To, to, to be honest there we should have should have won that game anyway. Um, and there was some yeah, not too. Uh, spend too much time on it but yeah some dubious decisions there from the from the referee in that in that game also so yeah two very winnable games in in the current climate definitely and I say the the QPR is always a difficult place for us to go but you know those those runs always have to end sometimes so why not now I guess yeah so maybe maybe more confident than, than normal but still
0: slightly apprehensive potentially the, the other uh, key point on that game is the fullbacks so Pedersen back from suspension do you bring him in do you if you do bring him in do you take Colin out Colin hasn't been consistent in the last few weeks so does Harding maybe deserve his place does, does Pedersen deserve to come back into it after the petulant tackle Maybe. Uh,
1: yeah. See, I I would be happy to keep the same side. I don't think Wes Hardin has done too much to suggest that he doesn't deserve to be in the team.
0: No, I'd agree um, with that. But then I think, he, I think he's the scapegoat a lot of the time because he's the more junior out of the three of them. So if anyone's going to make make yeah. way. And you can understand that to a point,
1: but you know.
0: What were the stats? the The other day we were looking at the stats, and I think, out of five games that he started, they've kept four clean sheets. Yeah, yeah, four clean sheets, and the majority of the time he's had a pretty good, pretty good
1: game. Yeah, uh, as well. I mean, he obviously when he was played out of position against Villa, well, we won't spend any time talking about that game, but that was probably a, that was a really poor performance but i don't think the setup helped him at all in, in that game so um but the majority of the time he's, he's he's done pretty well he does d- defensive duty uh, really well and you know he's when he does make mistakes he's got that pace to to get himself out of it as well he's very good at um blocking crosses as well which is something that I don't really think Colan is the particularly only, great at.
0: The only worry for me with him is sometimes, and I, I think he's a cracking player, but I think sometimes he is susceptible to switching off um, against Forest at the weekend if, if they're looking to play that ball in behind. Normally yes. he's got the pace to, to get onto that and to cover it, but there was times on Saturday where... He struggled because of the pace of the player yeah. that was running in behind, and that that could be a worry if you if you switch enough. But go on, so go on then. Out of the three of them, which two did you pick?
1: I would, I would pick the same team. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you have to go unchanging in the teams. Whilst the Blues beating Forest wasn't it wasn't an amazing victory, and we didn't completely dominate for the whole game. We it was a really, really professional performance, and I don't think really, unless there's an injury, we should be making any changes. I think that team deserves to start the next game, and I think knowing, looking at the way Monk's done things this season, I think he might keep things the same as well. I think Pederson has to earn his right to get back in the team, as you say, petulant, silly tackle to uh, to get sent off and
0: work his way back into the team, and, and earn that right. So. I'm more of a if you've got a left footer, you play him.
1: I normally am. I and I normally <laughs> am. And I normally am. But I think on this occasion I think I would I would stick with the same team. If I was to change, as you sound like you're going to say. I am <laughs> um I would I would keep Harding at right back and I'd put Pederson at left back.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna what say. Be, I, yeah. I I that's the move that I would make. I'd bring Pederson in and I'd play Harding. I think Colin's been a bit up and down and I don't, maybe that's, maybe it's the amount of games that he's had um, and being sort of moved, moved backwards and forwards and I can't see it happening because I think as the the more senior player, I don't think that he'll drop him, but that's what I would do as a supporter. Mm. Um, I like Colin, I think it's, there was talk early on in the season that he's one of the best full backs in the league, and I'd agree with that to some extent, but I just think he's a bit out of form.
1: He's great going forward. I still question his defensive ability sometimes, but you know, that's, that's probably a conversation for another day. So, what are yeah. we doing prediction wise for for this? And what are you, what are well, you I, going for?
0: I'm a, what we say if we are we saying two points for a Two points for a correct result and three points for a bang on, bang on score. Yeah, yeah, if we can do that. Yeah, so. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm am two, 2 nil up, I think, in the table. For Saturday, I'm going to go 2 nil Blues. Oof. Oh, no. Um. Mm. <laughs> take your time. I'll admit this. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> going to take my time. I, I want to say a lose win, but I'm going to go 1-1. Uh, I, I can just see them scoring, whether it's Wells or... Matt Smith always has his habit of scoring against us as well, which, you know, um, I, I can see us just... Yeah, I can see us maybe going 1-0 up and then conceding later on in the game towards the end uh, of the game and sort of drawing 1-0. So I'm, I'm going to go one all with uh, Q,
0: QPR Blues. Okay. And um, what about Bolton on Tuesday night?
1: Uh, are we doing a prediction on this, or are we going to yeah, just a prediction. And, yeah, just There's a lot, lot of so stuff
0: can... that could happen in between there, but we can't really yeah, talk about is, it. Yeah, that should that should be another
1: show. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, uh, Blues win that comfortably. Um, you say goals? I can I can I can see a score, and yeah, I'm. Uh, Bolton don't look great so I think Blues
0: 2-0 OK can I make a prediction now and yeah. if this comes in I get five bonus points <laughs> 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 you, you'll agree to it so Shay's going to score against QPR in one of the two goals Yeah. and then against uh, Bolton on Tuesday night he bags his 20th of the season
1: so he's gonna score four across the two games. Yeah. You saying? Yeah.
0: I can see him scoring okay, a hat I'll trick be, I can see him a hat trick against Bolton and I'm gonna say four one against Bolton on Tuesday. Okay.
1: And I'm gonna say that you if it doesn't
0: happen you get minus five points. I can't have they haven't even got they've <laughs> only got two points on the board.
1: Well now you know what a points deduction feels like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Topical. <laughs> okay, right, deal. Yeah? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, you. Know, I, I won't give you the point of deduction, but yeah, if that does not No, I'll take,
0: em. Off, I'll, ta- I'll take them. I'll take them. I'm, com- I'm confident. You can have it. Can I'm, have I'm it confident.
1: <laughs> okay, let's, let's go for it then. Uh, and I hope, again, that you are bang on with, yours, with your predictions. Okay, um, before we go, I don't know if you wanted to plug the comedy night that you're putting on at the Borsley Labour Club.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, so... When I first started We Are Birmingham, I had in mind that I wanted to promote Birmingham as well as the Blues. So I've got together some Brummy comedians, or Midlands comedians, I think it's, it's black country way as well. Um, and we're hosting a comedy night on the 30th of March, now that the West Brom game's been moved forward. So if you check out Twitter, it's on t- all on Twitter, uh, tickets are £10, includes a curry, four great comedians. Come along, have a great night. Support your local social in boise Labour as well. Big great night.
1: I, guess I wish I could go to that, but unfortunately that is my partner's due date for baby number three. So I'll, uh, I'll I'll have to give it a miss. I'll look forward to the next one that you put on. I'm sure this one will be a, a pretty good success. Um
0: You'll have to wait, and you'll have to wait and see whether the baby arrives early, because then yeah, maybe I
1: am sure I'll be allowed to do that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I am sure. Um, yeah, there we go.
0: So then, I think that's everything. If you want to get involved in the next podcast, you can drop us a message at We Are Birmingham on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter account is at Christoph eighteen uh, seventy five.
1: And mine is at matthewblue one eight seven five Matthew with two T's. And we're also available on Facebook.
0: Yeah, so if you've got any ideas for us or anything that you'd like us to bring up, just drop us a message. So until next week, thank you for listening.
1: Goodbye. Yeah, thanks very much. Goodbye.